0: Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. Today, I want to talk about keeping faith. My big goal is to create an ADCC champion as well as a UFC champion. Both are important to me. Now, I've got a long way to go. Nobody that I've worked with is in the UFC right now, and none of them have been even to ADCC. So, got a long way to go, got a long time left. I'm only 33 years old, still new to the coaching game, and this doesn't need to happen next year. It could happen in the next 50 years, and I would be happy, but that's what I'm working towards. But how do you know you're working, uh, or you're going in the right direction? How do you know that you're on the right path? And I was close to making some really big changes in the athletes programming and whenever you're getting ready to make big changes uh, a lot can happen with that and i decided to be patient and i'm glad i did now success looks different for different coaches right depending on your situation and the program that you're in charge of will really determine the expectations that are placed upon you so 10th planet decatur really doesn't have a national tradition of creating champions we're very very good in the local and even good in the regional scene we're definitely not the best team in the southeast but i think we're the best jujitsu competition team in alabama Uh, i feel really confident saying that but when we talk about the southeast there's definitely some schools that have a better tradition than us competing in the region and definitely when it comes to the national scene now there's not a lot of expectations for us is what i'm trying to say is nobody expects us to produce somebody that's going to adcc nobody expects us to produce somebody that is going to the ufc and so a lot of these expectations I put on myself and my athletes put on themselves. We know that we can achieve this, it's just gonna take a lot of hard work and it's gonna take some time. But I am afforded time. I want you to imagine though, that John Donahue here retired. And for whatever reason, I was chosen to replace him. And now imagine going into this ADCC 2024, that no athletes from new wave won the trials obviously the guys like bodani marigali gordon big dan they're going to get auto invites but imagine no new athletes won now imagine at the actual championships none of those guys i just mentioned did well none of them medaled who would they all look to who would be blamed it would be me with John Donner here they achieved great success were probably the most successful team in 2022 but Matt Scaff takes over and everything falls apart what were they doing what did the training camp look like what did he change and i would more like uh more than likely be fired gordon would go out on social media he'd be like look guys it's not my fault this new guy came in he ruined everything that we had going and once I lost the respect of Gordon, then the rest of the team would follow suit. That's just generally how it works when a coach loses a locker room. It's when he loses the best player because then the other dominoes start to fall. And you see this in other like sports. It happens all the time where we take a sport um, like football, Southeastern Conference, Alabama, Nick Saban. Nick, Nick Saban's the greatest college football coach of all time. But if he doesn't win a championship, people freak out. I mean, he's done so well. I think he's won six national championships at Alabama, which is just unheard of in the time that he's been there. Just unheard of. But success is what the fans are so used to and the athletes are so used to that even when they have a down year, which to them means not winning the SEC and not winning the championship, people are already like, "Has has Nick lost it? Do we need to think about getting somebody else? Alabama standard this isn't the Alabama standard we win championships but if I took over for Nick Saban right so you imagine Nick Saban retires greatest coach ever and I took over and they had a losing season much like if I took over New Wave and they had a terrible ADCC if they had a losing season I'd probably get fired in the middle of the season they wouldn't give me a chance and so it can be really tough being in charge of the top programs But another school that's in the sec that isn't used to a tradition of winning we'll take a school like vanderbilt if vanderbilt coach got fired and then matt scaff got hired to lead the the vanderbilt team and we had a winning season well they might sign me to a 10-year contract if i got them to a bowl game winning season offense is looking good Got a quarterback that's throwing the, the pig skin around. He's uh you know averaging two, three touchdowns a game. We beat one of our big rivals, maybe we beat Florida, maybe we somehow beat Georgia. Like I might get a 10, I might get I'll get a raise and probably a 10-year contract. I might get a lifetime contract from that. And so the place you're at really dictates the standard of success and how quick it needs to happen. So again, what I'm saying is I've got time. Because we're a new program, really. We're still a baby in this game. We're wanting to become a national player, but it takes time, especially when you're not getting athletes moving in all the time. One of the big things uh, that's helped John Donner here, because John's been at, the, at this a very, very long time, way longer than 10th Point of Decatur's been around. He was in the blue basement teaching at Henzo Gracie. I believe he was running a class when he was like a purple belt. And he's been... Again, working with athletes for a very, very, very long time. But when he started getting all these guys moving in, and now if you look at the new team, most of these guys have moved in from other places. And he's just got all this new talent. We've seen uh, the same thing when Atos started up. I remember when Keenan Cornelius made the switch. He needed a new place after all the Lloyd controversy. Well, he goes to Atos and you create these super teams. And so I would like, it's going to be awesome when I get a couple of athletes after I get a couple athletes at ADCC, a couple in the UFC, well, people are going to start moving in wanting to work with us. And that's going to make things easier. But the expectations will be higher. But I was running into this, especially looking at Nakaya's performances because Nakaya is the closest to achieving one of those goals. And Nakaya is really our only national competitor you know we have some guys that are killing it on the regional scene especially in mma travis christian justin jamar and we got a couple of other guys coming up that are very very talented so the fight team's doing great in on the regional scene and nobody's really on the national level Nakaya is the only one that's competing on the national level going against top 20 girls in the world and having good success but Nakaya's arc, character arc, looks like this. She lost her first tournament. So first one, I think she'd just been training a couple of months, did a local tournament, did all right. I think she went one and one But since then, she won like 10 straight tournaments. She was killing people. She dominated the local scene, then started dominating the regional scene, and then when she got on the national scene, she was having good success. She was doing better and better, but we kept finding her, uh, especially the past year and a half, she was losing a lot in the finals or semifinals. And so she, she would do amazing. And it comes a point where you're proud of your athlete for making it to the finals or winning a couple matches, getting the highlights. But after four, five, six losses making it so far and then losing it when you're so close and it started out when she was in the finals like she was losing by submission or you know she was she was getting she was getting beat but especially the past year a couple of her losses in the finals were like 10 second ride time or matches she dominated in regulation and then would lose in like submission uh, in overtime or her adcc match against trinity pun where she loses a ref's decision And there just was so many matches like that. And I believed in the work we were doing because I was seeing the results like in the gym. She just is so good. And um, she just continues to improve her skills. But it makes you start to question things when you're like, you're so close to success. And you keep losing. And I felt like we were running into some similar problems. And I was just questioning why like why what do we need to change because Nakaya checks all the boxes off she does professional strength and conditioning her diet is professional her sleep schedule professional her preparation professional she's always on time she does whatever I say we're training uh six days a week um I mean she just checks all those boxes off so now I'm starting to look at myself like is it me or is it the athlete is it my preparation or is it just something she's missing? Does she need to work on her athleticism? Like, what is it? And I was just really close to changing, doing some drastic changes. Like, all right, we're going to start working. Um, like, one of the big things I was going to start doing was just training more explosively during training. And it's going to start using bands for extra resistance. And we were going to just really focus on exploding out of bad positions and i had all this like all these changes in mind and we were going to start uh just really wearing her out before round and so she got in and so when she was in the final she you know because when you're in the finals Nikhail usually has two or three matches before then some of those matches get pretty grueling, especially if it goes the full 10 minutes in overtime. So I was like, we need to replicate that. We need to change the warm-up. We need to do start doing meditations. We got to start visualizing just all this stuff. But I didn't make any of those changes. I remember I messaged her after uh one of the events, and I just told her, I was like, hey, re- get ready to work when you get back. Cause like we're changing everything up. And she was excited. She was like, tell me what we're going to be doing, you know, because she was, she's upset, you know, Nakaya hates losing, and whenever Nakaya loses, I just leave her be, I try not. I don't give her the like, you did great, like, I always try and give it to her straight, and especially at the uh, main character event, I just really felt like she, she underperformed, and it happens, because honestly, the past probably year and a half, Nakaya had been performing beautifully in tournaments, and this was the one, she had two matches in there that, that were pretty pretty sloppy, and it just definitely wasn't her best jiu-jitsu. So I'm like, man, look, not the best event, ends up losing in the semifinals. Most people would be happy with that, but we're tired of that. So we're changing things up. But like I said, we didn't. I just, I really sat down and I meditated on it and I thought, and I was like, look, Nakai has been training five, five and a half years. I really do believe that seven years is like the mark, you know, seven years you've been, you're going to be close to 10,000 hours. Um, It just seems like that's the magic number. When I I look at a lot of other athlete success, a lot of times when I like Gordon Ryan, if you just look at his career arc, like that seventh year is when he really broke out. And so you know we made one or two tiny adjustments. I've actually started training with Nakaya more and doing hard rounds with her. Normally, uh, we didn't do that, but I've been providing her really hard rounds at least twice a week where we're doing three back to back rounds, six minute rounds, no rest. And we're going through all the ADCC scenarios. So three minutes, she's having to score points on the feet. So we're wrestling for three minutes. Three minutes, she has to play her guard and wrestle up or sweep from her guard. Or three minutes, she has to pass my guard. And that has been a really, really good change. So that's the only change we've made to uh, her training regimen. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I was like, man, look, let's not get too crazy. It was one, it was a, couple bad matches. Let's just be patient. Let's make a little tiny adjustment. I'll start training with her more and giving her training, uh, just being a training partner that I feel like she needs and then see what happens. Well, Nakaya broke through at ADCC open in Phoenix. She ended up probably getting her most important victory. Now Nakaya has had, I think, better performances i mean she did amazing at this uh, phoenix open but it was really who she beat so in her first two matches she finished with guillotine chokes and the guillotine's becoming one of her best weapons but it was that final match so in the final she was facing sofia casilla out of the henzo gracie family i think now she's like under gary Tonin, but sofia is a beast and sofia of all the athletes that my athletes have gone against sofia's had our number sofia's really uh ruined a couple of my nights. <laughs> and I'm a big fan of her jiu-jitsu. I'm a big fan of her uh, like as an athlete. I think she's one of the best females in the world. And I know she's been ranked in the top 10 by Flow for that weight class and she's had phenomenal results. She's won Medusa. She's I mean she's beaten Nakaya 3 times and all 3 times were bad. They they were bad. All 3 times were finishes. She's the only girl um like of all the girls she's gone against it's like man, if we could just get a win Over one chick, it would be Sophia. We've done a lot of studying and a lot of uh, the changes we've made to Nakaya's game have been because of Sophia. So, anytime you have uh, one of your athletes making changes to their games and they've really been pushed by uh, one of their competitors, you have nothing but respect for them. But that was Sophia for us. And so, going into that finals match, like Nakaya walked through it she had a great week of um, me and her did some awesome ADCC rounds I was really confident I saw Sophia was in there so you know I got butterflies I'm like man I hope they're on opposite sides of the bracket and this is it this is the weekend we're gonna break through no more second places the weekend and so yeah Nakaya finishes her first two matches finals against Sophia she ends up winning. And she wins pretty decisively. Um, she takes a decision victory, but she was on the attack the most time, definitely won the standing exchanges. And then when Sophia was playing guards and um, had some good looks at the head and she had, a, um, I mean, she had a guillotine attempt for like a minute. And she, she again, she walked away the, the clear winner. It was a hard fought battle. And um, it, it just meant a lot to us and it meant a lot to me as a coach. And it just really reminded me that to be patient, you know, and to make small adjustments. And there's going to be times with your athletes where you feel like you need to make these drastic changes. You know, maybe they lose a couple matches in a row. You think that, man, the world's falling apart. We got to change everything. Look, it takes time, especially when you're not one of the big dogs. You're not one of uh, you know the, one of the big gems like New Wave that's just creating ADCC champion after ADCC champion. Um, it takes time to to build up to that, and especially when you're trying to break out on the national scene, and when you start competing against the best competitors across the nation and then across the world, um, yeah, it, it's going to take a little bit longer because when you're used to as a coach, your athletes dominating the local scene, you, you get kind of drunk off of that, right? Like oh here we go, we got some more gold medals at the grappling games, or we got some more, won an expert belt at the Naga, or, man, a couple of our guys won the local fights. You know, Travis won again. He finished this guy in 30 seconds. You you start to buy in your hype, and, and you really just start to expect those results. And so then when you jump up, you know, it can be a rude awakening when, You're not just winning every event easily. And then when you're starting to run into athletes like Sophia Casilla that you're having to watch tape on, you're having to study, you're having to change things. Like it just pushes you. It pushes your athlete and it pushes the coach so much. And that's the thing a lot with these local competitions. Like, yeah, you don't got to watch film to be a local blue belt. Like most of your local blue belts, you don't got to do that. But if you're trying to beat Oliver Taz, or you're trying to beat Ethan Krillinson or Dante Leone, they're having a match, by the way. Flow grappling, the WNO's finally back. Um, that's the only match I'm really excited on that card. That's why I thought of it. But anyways, you're trying to beat one of those dudes, like, man, there's a lot of film work. And then especially if you're running into them regularly, you're running into Ethan Krillinson uh, regularly, like, good luck figuring that dude's game out. Good luck. Think about Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway. I mean, they had three fights. And each time Volkanovsky got better and better and better. And that's what I love about this sport, seeing the adjustments and making them. But it's hard work. And, yeah, it can get really, really frustrating. Like, I wonder what Max feels like and his coach. I know he's not the most traditional martial artist. And so I just would love to hear his processes. Like, he's lost three times. Why does he feel like he can beat him the fourth time? And that's how we like. We were zero and three against Sophia, and finally now we're one and three against her. And we're hoping that next time it's two and three, and we're looking for the the finish next time. And then, you know, you just want to continue to pass your competitors, you know. And I'm hoping that hey, now we go on a three match win streak, or Sophia gonna come back with adjustments, but. I believe in what we're doing. I believe that we're going to have multiple athletes in the UFC in the next couple of years. We're going to have, uh, hopefully, one or two people making some big noise at the ADCC trials, and maybe one of them gets in. But just trust the process. Just trust the process. I had to. I really had to to step back and uh, just believe in myself and believe in the work that we're doing at 10th Planet Decatur. Guys, some crazy news. The PGF and Subversive are doing an event at 10th Planet Decatur. So it's going to be a week-long thing. PGF is going to be going on during the week. And then Subversive is going to do one of their cards in Decatur, Alabama. The last couple of Subversives have been crazy. They're doing their CJJ event three-person CJJ team so you got an over 185 pound male under 185 pound whale and then a female I think that has to weigh under 160 might be wrong on that female part but I know they've got one female and it's right around 160 and under and the events that Subversa puts on just the, the matches are always super exciting this last event was crazy and I know we've got some heavy hitters coming into the PGF. I know a lot of you guys are big fans of it. I know 185, which is this next season, is going to bring out some some killers. I know we've already got handsome Kevin Sherrill's back in it. We got Elijah Carlton committed. I know Matt Elkins is going to do it. Um, so we got some old favorites, and I go. I know we got a lot of new blood looking to become the new PGF king. So hey you're looking to make a trip to decatur alabama that week is one of the best you'll get to watch a lot of matches you'll get some good training in you can finish the week off watching subversive consider doing that consider Till next time guys i love and appreciate you peace